Okay, welcome back to episode 6 of our RPG A Day coverage. Now the word for day 6 is ancient. I'm John from Red Dice Diaries, joined as ever by my lovely wife Hannah, and we're going to talk a little bit about introducing the history or expanding on the history of your game world. Now, when we were talking just before we started recording about what we were going to cover in this topic, we were talking a little bit about how if you're a GM, you can spend ages devoted to creating hundreds of pages of background and ancient history, the rise and fall of empires, stuff like that. But if no one ever really gets to find out about it in your game, that effort, while it might be a bit useful for informing the present day of your world, it's largely going to be wasted or sort of go unloved pretty much. Whereas there's a number of different ways you can introduce that into your game without just like smacking the players around the face with a huge fictional history lesson now some people might like that sort of thing but i'd be willing to bet good money that the majority of people don't now a couple of ways we were talking about this before we started is i was suggesting that you know there's the the old adage you know you find an ancient treasure map or you find like an ancient page of a diary or some sort of written clue or something like that now the the sort of the language it's written in can sort of tell you a little bit about the past. For instance, if you're in an area that's entirely populated by human empires, and then you suddenly find like buried under the ruins of this human city an ancient elven tome, that might lead you to think that oh, perhaps once like elves like ruled this area before the humans arrived, and that could lead you off into other interesting directions. Perhaps you find a diary that's written in a slightly different version of the common tongue so we know old english was very different to modern day english so and obviously we're not expecting anyone to be like a sort of tolkien-esque like language professor but just by putting a bit of a different spin on it you can make it sound archaic and suggest even if you're not actually telling people just suggest that like things have changed over time or perhaps um, it, it might be a reference to a material that um, was once common that now no longer exists, you know, a certain type of metal, or perhaps a certain type of animal, you know, perhaps, uh, perhaps the ancient elves used to make their weapons out of um, mammoth tusk or something like that, but and they hunted them into extinction, so now that material is like really rare when you only find it in like, magic items. This is something that's actually covered really, really well in the Terry Pratchett books. All right, okay. With, um, particularly Thud and the Fifth Element. So the Fifth Elephant, uh, which talks about how there used to be a fifth elephant holding up the disc and then it crashed into the disc and that's where they get all their oil and stuff from. And they go into it without having to go into it too much, as you say, um, just as like an explanation as to where all the oil comes from. But obviously it then becomes a big part of the political intrigue in that book. And then Thud deals a lot with ancient religion and like how certain religious texts can change over time. And again, I don't want to give away the book because they're really good books. Go read them. They cover this sort of idea really well. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were saying as well when we were talking earlier that uh, obviously it doesn't have to be restricted to like written clues and stuff like that. I mean, just as a random example... If you if you're having your players go through like a dungeon crawl, perhaps they find like an old faded like cave painting or something like that on a, a wall. And I mean, it could be simple as like 
let's say it's like a it's like stick figure drawings of like some orcs around like a big rock now that could lead to all sorts of things oh maybe orcs used to be prevalent in this area are they as prevalent now are they still savage have they become civilized uh, what's this ancient rock is it like a monolith is it one of their deities did they have like animistic beliefs where they worship rocks and animals and stuff like that there's a whole different slew of things that could come off that now it might be that your players see that painting and they're just like oh it's painting of some orcs and they just stroll on by but there's still they've got that option you shouldn't try and force them to like pick up on it but they've got that option to like delve a bit into your campaign history if they want to and there will be players who will want to do that they might be playing like a sage or a wizard or something like that or a historian and they they that's a, a way for their characters to shine your one problem with doing things like that though is that it can send the players off on a tangent and then they eventually find out all this history but they don't really feel like they've got any reward for it they've just got a more complicated version yeah. of the history yeah. lesson you do need to make sure you reward them for learning about this somehow oh yeah definitely i mean i think if you're going to bring sort of like a history into play in that sense it has to have some bearing on what's going on at the modern day of your session so to use our example of like the orcs from previous perhaps the um perhaps the the, the ancient painting reveals some weakness about this uh, this demonic creature that the orcs now follow that can lead you or perhaps some older deity that was ousted by him and you can use that against that that orc demon in the present and that that rewards the players for like delving into it this is something that a lot of people will have noticed as a difference between the game of thrones books and the game of thrones series why so many people feel like the ending wasn't really earned is because they haven't had the massive massive ancient history lessons that are in the books all about ancient valeria and how the children's magic works and where the white walkers actually came from because it sort of makes a bit more sense that way and I'm hoping it'll be like a bit better in the books when he does it but in the TV show none of that feels earned because you don't understand where it's all coming from yeah and I mean we I mean if you look back at sort of like some of the most successful like fantasy sort of stories I mean right back th through Tolkien and beyond some of the most successful ones are ones that have an interestingly developed world and part of that is because the authors have obviously got a very clear sort of idea about the history. Now, in a role-playing game, obviously it is a game, it's not a book, so there are fundamental differences. But by bringing that element of history in and having it sort of impact the modern world, you can still add an awful lot of depth to your game. And for people who are interested in sort of like investigating and nosing out clues, it's uh, a slightly different reward rather than just the usual like oh here's some xp for beating some monsters here's some treasure for emptying out the dungeon you can actually still give them treasure in a sense but without trying to sound too cheesy like the, the sort of treasure is the information they get <laughs> and how they can use that to then sort of improve the lot of themselves and their party or resolve plots in the future and besides knowing's half the battle because the real monster was the friends we made along the way Indeed, and I think on that we'll close off for this episode about Ancients and we shall be picking up shortly with the rest of our RPGNA 2019 episodes. Hopefully you'll join us then. Till we see you soon, take care.